0: Yo, yo, welcome back to the Feel Free Podcast, the only podcast that'll tell you to chase your dreams and call you out on all your bullshit, myself included. It's been a while since I did that little introduction. Thought it'd be best to get back down to business and do it. Got a good episode today. Got my buddy Marcos here to talk about uh, his wellness practice with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and how that has impacted His life got a crazy story coming up on how, you know, he pretty much became a full time Brazilian jiu jitsu coach. Uh, How fighting has impact his wellness on a physical, emotional and mental uh, plane. So you want to stick around. This is a damn good episode. Uh, Next week, I got my buddy Brandon coming by to talk about his journey with sobriety, uh, music, uh, writing some books. Honestly, he's doing some fucking sick ass work. Uh, Don't miss that. That'll be coming out in a week or two. So without further ado, stick around. Got the episode coming up. So what is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu?
1: Yeah, so, man, that's a load of question. Um, So it is a martial art uh, that is heavily rooted in grappling, um, which is, there's no punches or kicks. So there's no striking. Uh, it's all grabs and holds and, you know, body manipulation. So turning and, you know, um, folding and, and twisting the body while on the ground, uh, in order to control someone physically. And then the end or the, 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 the result is uh, a submission, right? Where I'm able to, you know, f- effectively, Manipulate a part of you until you give up, right? So, like, you know, I bend your arm backwards, or I hyperextend your elbow, or you know, I, I apply a choke of some sort that causes the other person to give up, or ultimately, you know, pass out or 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 die eventually. <laughs> but uh it was it was heavily heavily rooted back in like Japan. Uh, it was like a like passed down from the samurai. They were like the ones who kind of like you know, developed this kind of art form and then it kind of grew and, and migrated into Brazil uh, via Japan. And then the guys who kind of took hold of it in Brazil kind of made it like this huge, um, this huge thing. They de- basically developed a lot more, kind of perfected it and they have the art, what's called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's all kind of its own facet, you know, that's branched off from Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, which is a lot more uh, abrasive and brutal. Whereas Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is kind of transformed now more into kind of like a sport. But, you know, like we had said earlier, like it's used still very heavily in fighting to, um, to control people. Gotcha. So it's like, it's a very lot like wrestling and judo in the sense that, you know, it's like throws and takedowns and, you know, ways of holding people on the ground. So that's like the main, those are like the main three when it comes to grappling arts. Whereas the other side, you have the striking, like, kickboxing and boxing and taekwondo and karate, like they have very, very little grabbing or holding. Whereas the other side of it is completely just that there's no punches or kicks. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. I had, I had no yeah. idea that it started in Japan, which is uh, sad of me to say, because I'm very big on Japanese culture. Um,
1: yeah. It's a uh, translated as uh, the gentle art, right? Um, but it's, it's not very gentle at times. A lot of times it's not very gentle at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I can see that too. Um, yeah. when did you start, uh, with this journey for jujitsu or martial arts in general, I should say.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I always joke about it cause I, I say I was, uh, I was genetically predisposed to fighting. My parents were really young when they had me. So like they were still in high school when I was, you know, in my mom's stomach. So my, my dad wrestled all four years in high school. Uh, he graduated. He joined the Marine Corps. He started wrestling. And then like, like the late nineties when like MMA started like kind of catching hold a little bit, that's when he's him and my uncle started training. Um, so I was like, you know, six or seven at the time, you know, and I'd started wrestling pretty young when I was about, you know, four years old. And then we kind of migrated into fighting, which, you know, brought along jujitsu and some striking stuff. And so. You know, I, I first kind of got into that world. I was like eight or so, and then we started training at the gym that we train at now. Actually, the the gym that I teach at when I was going into my freshman year in high school. So it was, you know, a huge part of my development growing up. It was a huge part of, you know, what we did. I did play football. I did play uh, baseball. You know, but wrestling was kind of like my main sport. And then eventually, I kind of left wrestling and kind of focused more on jujitsu. So. Yeah. I didn't really have the choice. My, <laughs> my dad and my <laughs> uncle, they, I was raised in the gym, they fought, they trained. So it was kind of like a, a pretty natural path for me.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask why you started, but it was obviously cause you had role models around you who were uh, already in it, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And they're both, both my dad and my uncle still train. They still, uh, they don't act actively compete, but they still, you know, they're still on the mats even, even, you know, almost into their fifties. Um, so yeah, it, the, yeah, again, like I said, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: but I think that's a, sometimes it's nice that way though, you know, you found pretty much the love of your life, uh, in a passion like this, and it, it was already kind of given to you at a very young age. So that's, that's a huge blessing.
1: No, a hundred percent. And that's actually a lot of why I've, you know, dev- devoted my life to. Uh, teaching and doing jujitsu and, and, you know, let, leaving a lot of things behind so that I could pursue this is because of what it did for me as a kid, as a really young kid, you know, growing up, learning how to, you know, navigate the world and, and, you know, be a man, I guess, as you would, like, you got to know how to defend yourself. And so, you know, because that was such a big part of my life, I feel the need to give that to other people and to create a space and to have an environment where people, you know, can, can start even younger than me and take this thing with them for the rest of their life. And, you know, whether they want to be a champion or they just want to do it as a personal practice, like it's something that ultimately shifted my life. And, you know, I wanted to, to be that and uh, offer that to other people. Um, and it's crazy now too, because I see, you know, entire families, you know, the mom, the dad, the brother, the sister, all doing jujitsu now, you know, like started off with the son who just wanted to do it. Then the son got the sister and then the, the, they got the parents <laughs> and like, and so you can see like, you know, generational effects where it's like, okay, like, you know, now you're going to grow up and you're going to teach your son jujitsu and you know, he's going to teach his son jujitsu and we're all going to be able to train together. So that's something that like, it's a very hidden part of it that a lot of people don't see. Uh, but it's, it's a big part of my family, right? It's like, you know, what we do on on major holidays, we go and we train and, you know, hang out and beat each other up. <laughs> and that will, that'll be that'll continue on, you know, when I eventually have children of my own someday. And, uh, you know, a wife and, um, you know, my, my siblings have their own children, they're all going to train and wrestle. So it's like, it'll just be something that continues to grow uh, from now until forever.
0: That's a nice tradition to have too. I and mean, it's, it's healthy for you. Like you said, it helped you navigate the world. And I think other than just being like a physical wellness thing, it's also a spiritual wellness thing, you know?
1: A thousand percent, man. Cause that's all connected, right? Like if uh, your body, your mind, your soul, like it's all intertwined and, you know, you have to do things that bring it all together, that force you to use all of it. Right. You know, there are a lot of mindless things or a lot of things where it's just like just body or just your brain or whatever, you know, but it's like when you can make everything work together like that, there's something that happens there. And jujitsu is definitely one of those things where it's like it forces you into like everything's got to be working at this time because you can't you can't really leave a piece of that out, you know.
0: Right. Um, so are you considered a master now?
1: Um, I am a black belt, there you go. so I'm technically a professor of Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. I don't become a master. I want to say, not exactly sure, but it's a certain degree, I believe five or six degrees in, then you become a master and that's when they, they call you master. Um So they
0: just call you professor which now? Which takes,
1: just professor okay. or coach, okay. yeah, like it's, it's been coach for a very long time, but once you become a black belt, then you're technically a, a professor, so I'm still kind of getting used to that a little bit. <laughs> so, first degree definitely takes some getting used yeah, to Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it's a sign of endearment for sure. At such a young age, it's very yeah. impressive, though, too.
1: Right. And have, you know, it's a lot, you know, there, there are people in the gym that are older than me, you know, that call me professor now. And so it's, you know, I mean, it's even then, like, it's still, it's, it's always been kind of a head trip, you know, just being in, in a position to, um, you know, to to influence people of all ages, right? Even people who are older than you. You know, there are people who are older than you that, that look up to you now because of it. So it's trippy.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's not from a place of pride though. You've definitely put in the work and like you said, you're out here to like help people too. So it's a it's a very wholesome experience between you and the student.
1: So Right. Right. And you know, I've called a lot of people a professor that, you know, that I couldn't beat in a fight, you know, like in college. Whereas in like, you know, most black belts like you know, I'll call your professor cause he could probably beat me up. So you know, <laughs> I've done it plenty of times before. So, <laughs> so when did you
0: start teaching people?
1: Um, so about 20, 2015, 2016, um, I was a blue belt at the time, which is, uh, you know, still pretty early on in your career, but you know, there's, there's five belts. So it's white, blue, purple, brown, black. So you get your first you get your first promotion, your blue belt, usually within the first couple of years or so, With you know, first within your first year or two, and then you're able to, you know, kind of teach basics and kids classes and stuff. And so I worked at, uh, it was called the UFC gym. And so I was working as a, as a salesperson first, and then eventually made my way over to the training side. But there were kind of like a splice where it's like, okay, we have like, you know, weights and we have cardio machines and you know turf and stuff but we also offer boxing and kickboxing and even jiu-jitsu classes so like you know really regular anybody could you know kind of sign up and be a member and then you could just attend the classes so that's kind of where i got my start was like teaching and you know helping out in the kids classes and helping some of the older upper belts who were there already you know kind of like run the class and stuff and you know that's kind of where i got my my itch i mean i've been coaching you know different kinds of sports and stuff for a long time but um, man, teaching jitsu has always just been, uh, everything always makes, is always made sense there. So it's kind of where I like to stay, but yeah, it's, so it's been about almost eight years now, seven years now of teaching, you know, Brazilian jujitsu. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy to say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that's a long time, but that's awesome. Um, so that was kind of in college though, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So towards the end of college, right. I, was uh, so Bosa graduated 2015, ended up graduating in 20 middle of 2016. So I did a couple of victory laps there. <laughs> um, but at that time I was, you know, yeah, so I was working, you know, and finishing school and then eventually graduating and I, you know, kind of stuck with it and tried to like, you know, make it work the whole time. So pretty much since then. So yeah, man.
0: So, I had already asked you this, but I kind of want to get the lowdown on it. You are now a full-time professor, right? Yep. What did you do after college? Um, what may, I should be asking, what made you chase this dream full-time instead of taking the route that everyone normally takes outside of college?
1: Well, so I did actually take the route that everybody did outside of college and I was trying to find, you know, a really good job. And, you know, I was, man, I was all over the place trying to find, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to use my degree. I mean, I was kind of contemplating it cause I, I got a degree in criminal law and justice. So I thought about, you know, either going to, to a grad school or, you know, going into being a police officer or uh, sales, right? Sales was you know, to me, the way that I was gonna I was gonna get it done was you know selling stuff. So uh, I worked for a couple different companies. I did some you know some like side some end jobs, side end jobs. I worked for um, a very small. It was like a fitness supply company. It was a, like a small business. I got the job on Craigslist. Uh, I was like doing door to door sales. It was rough. And then I got a job with a girl f- from a girl that I knew in college. I uh, started working for Tesla and so I worked for them for, for two years. Yeah. And so uh, eventually selling them. And so, you know, I was making really good money at the time and, you know, but I just, dude, I just hated my life, dude. I hated, I hated staring at a computer screen. I hated like, you know, talking to rich dudes about luxury cars. Like I just, I wanted to off myself. So it was one of those things where it's like, dude, like you just, you know, you just got to do something about it. Like you got to go like freaking burn the bridges and and just go figure it out. And so that was April, 2019. Right. So I'm like, you know, floundering, trying to like figure it out and and still working as a personal trainer. And then, uh, the pandemic hits. So like less than a year after quitting my full-time job, uh, you know, the world goes crazy. And so, you know, jujitsu was deemed illegal pretty much uh, for, for the first couple, two years. Right. Um, because, you know, no contact and, and it was, it was crazy. Um, but like, yeah, like you couldn't, couldn't train, you couldn't do anything. Like you couldn't even meet together, you know? So it was like, m- imagine trying to, you know, meet up with people to, to breathe in each other's faces and, <laughs> and like, and like be really, really close to people, like, and sweating on them, like, they're, like it was uh, it was illegal man and so it was like a lot of like a lot of like speakeasy type stuff man like the prohibition days like people were like you know papering their windows and bringing people in through the back door <laughs> and locking the front door and checking out the windows and make sure nobody was like seeing that we were gathering like it was it was some like 19 you know 1920s like prohibition stuff man like it was it was wild it's for the love of the game um, though Man, and that's a that's the thing is like I, you know, like I made it through that, you know, very slowly after soon after, you know, I tried starting my own jujitsu program uh, out of a Taekwondo school, you know, a good friend of mine who I had introduced to jujitsu was the owner of a school. And, you know, so we started running our own program, but it's like, man, we couldn't do advertising like we couldn't advertise and tell people, hey, we're doing this thing because, you know, we didn't we didn't know like there's, you know, people coming out and giving out. Twenty five hundred dollar tickets or whatever, like all all the kinds of rumors that were going on of, you know, horror stories of schools getting busted and stuff. So it was like, you weren't really sure, like, well, can we do this? Can we not? Can we da da da? da? And so, yeah, it was a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty in those times for a lot of people, obviously, but definitely in the jujitsu community. Like it rocked rocked the jujitsu community very hard.
0: Yeah, I can I can imagine. I mean. I mean, even just your personal story too—losing uh, the full-time job 2019, and then deciding to chase your passion, which gets the clamps put on them because of the pandemic, you know. And I bet right. you were dealing with a lot of doubts during that that time as well. Like, well, I mean, we were doubting yeah, the whole world at that point, you know.
1: Right. Right nobody knew anything. That was the, that was what it was. It was like, like, okay, does this help? Does this not help? You know, masks, no masks, shots, no shots. Like, you know, it was, nobody knew anything and everybody knew everything at the same time. So it's like, well, this is this. And you know, like no one had any real proof or whatever. So yeah, it was like, it was, uh, you know, it made me very anti, anti COVID because it was like, man, like that, that almost cost me my livelihood. Like it cost me every dollar that I had made up into that point. Like, you know, I'd sold a bunch of stock just to like keep myself afloat and keep my bills paid. And like, you know, I didn't go on unemployment. You know, I got a job at Aldi freaking, you know, working at Aldi just so I could like make this thing happen. Um And yeah, man, it's, I've done a few more jobs <laughs> since then <laughs> to try and just continue to make this thing happen. And, you know i still haven't haven't made it yet, but uh yeah man, like you said like it's worth it man there's 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 literally nothing else that that I would rather be doing, you know so i mean i mean in traditional you- way yeah.
0: For you to come on here and say that you were selling Teslas and you had it made and then to say that you wanted to off yourself. So you just started chasing your dreams. Like that's honestly, that's like the whole point of this fucking podcast, man. Like I appreciate yeah, that. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. That's badass.
1: Yeah. And that's why I wanted to come on, man. Cause like one, I, I love supporting my friends, right? I love supporting their projects, the things that you know, like, you're not making any money off of this yet, right? Like, you're, you're, you're right. having to come home and, and dig into these trenches and, and be here and, you know, set up stuff and whatever apps and editing and like, all of that stuff, you know, goes into whatever it is that you want to do. And so being able to to see my friends like, hey, you know, do this and, and wanting to, to to create something like that, that that makes me happy, because it's like, man, I can go and, and encourage them and tell them like, man, You need to be doing this. Like, you know, even if you don't make any money off of it, like you need to be making something, creating something, you know, building something like, even if it's just to keep yourself sane from your regular everyday life, you know, I don't encourage everybody to just like fricking burn all the bridges. Cause dude, I burn all the bridges. Like there's no, (laughs) there's no going back. I don't encourage everyone to do it, but like, you know, most people I'll definitely say like, yeah, you should, you should be doing some, something of that, like, because it's just working for the man dude it's just not it's just not it man like i think our whole generation was kind of bamboozled into believing that you know <laughs> everything would be all right if you just did did all the things that you were supposed to do right quote unquote and uh you know a lot of people are finding out that that's just not the case some people are finding out that it is right some people are doing great some people that we know are doing awesome yeah right i i know some people that vibe with that Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean they they like the security I, and the and the, you know, the the continuity, right? Like the the ability to plan and the ability to like it, it's it's a luxury that we don't get as entrepreneurs or, you know, uh contractors.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I actually so I run a bookkeeping business with my mom. So yeah. it's it's really just uh myself. It used to be my cousin and her, so just three employees you could say it's corporate it's, you know, it's not, it's pretty relaxed and stuff, but like we have to come in and do all the work and stuff, you know? Um, right. I don't know if I could survive in like a corporate America job. It just wouldn't vibe with me. You know, I've always worked family businesses or done like odd jobs or like manual labor and stuff like that for whatever reason, you know? Um,
1: and it's getting it's gotten even worse, man. Because like you know, even a, a company like Tesla, you know, they're based out of Palo Alto, California, which is like you know, Northern California is like the PC capital of the world, you know, Silicon Valley. <laughs> so it's like it was just like seeing some of the stuff that went on there. It was just like, bro, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and not not in a not in a bad way. Like, but it's just like for my own personal like the way that I operate. Like, I just can't do it, man. I mean, it's, it's
0: when the corporate or when your job or your career or when certain institutions in your life are, are asking you to be something that you can't, it it becomes draining yeah. on your soul is the problem, you know? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so with that being said, it's funny because in 2019, I got sober in May of 2019. So you quit your job, April, 2019. I got sober 2019. And then we hit right the trenches hit the trenches in twenty twenty. So um I wanted to ask, I mean, you've kind of talked about it this whole time, but why is jujitsu, why is martial arts, why is MMA, why is this so important to your wellness journey?
1: Yeah, I um I haven't found anything better yet. That's, that's, I think that's what it is. It's like, cause if there was something better that that, that's what I would be doing for sure. (laughs) Um, for me, it's just, again, doing that, doing things that make your brain and your body and your spirit kind of work together, right? Like fighting is, is visceral. There's something inside of us as humans innately that, you know, requires conflict. It requires us to go up against things um, that cause us to react and change and, and and grow, right? Like we need that form of friction in our life. And so a lot of people, they try to avoid it. They try to go away from it. You know, we get comfy shoes and comfy couches and beds <laughs> that feel like clouds and, you know, you know, sheets that, that are air, con- air conditioned, you know, like we want as much comfort as possible. And, you know, you can go very, very long periods of time without getting any form of discomfort, especially now in the days that we live. Oh God. Yeah. And so something, things like jujitsu and fighting and, you know, rock climbing, those are like my, my big three right now. Um, you, you just, you don't have any choice but to be uncomfortable. Like you don't, get the option. And so you're going there and you're faced with adversity, right? Like physical adversity, mental adversity, you know, you got your own body working for you or against you in certain cases. And it causes you to remove yourself from everything that's going on. Right. And it causes you to be really only in this exact moment. I have to watch where my hands are at. I got to watch where your hands are at. I got to watch where, where your, your weight is leaning I got to make sure, you know, like there's so many things that I have to be worried about that I can't think about, you know, my crushing credit card debt or you know, <laughs> the fight that I had with my wife or whatever. Like you can't think about, you just cannot, like you cannot process those things and do this thing at the same time. Right. And so when you're able to focus in on those activities that require so much brain power and so much physical exertion, like even if you just did that for 30 minutes, right? like. You, when you remove yourself and you go back to normal life, none of that stuff really matters as much anymore. Obviously, the problems are still there, right? right? But like your body is more equipped to deal with the stress that you come across in everyday life because you're putting yourself under so much stress, like recreationally, like you're practicing being under really, really bad conditions and working your way through them through technique or persistence or perseverance. And, you know, when you come out of the end of it and you're like, oh man, not only are you like chemically like straightened out, but like you're, you can see more clear and your body's like, man, it's, it's, it's just like any other workout. Right. But it just creates so much focus and, and time that you can't think of anything else. And for me, like whether it be running or weightlifting, like it just doesn't offer that like I like doing those things occasionally right? but it's and it's good to feel to you know hit some some PRs or get a good pump or you know you maybe get a little runner's high or whatever but there's just nothing like getting slammed around for you know 30 minutes to an hour and you know throwing people on their head and just sitting and enjoying life after that you know so it's like I don't know if I answer the question fully, but like, again, the reason why that's important is because I can get that result and I've yet to find something that will get that result better. That's kind of like the whole, the whole spiel.
0: I think that's a very, I think that's a very uh, subjective view of, of wellness, which is why I asked it because, you know, however my guests answer it, they usually just go into detail about why the hell it's so important to their life, you know? And I thought it was interesting that you'd mentioned, like, you can't think about all the shit you're stressing about in normal life. You got to deal with, you know, kind of pushing yourself to the limit and almost like using instincts like an animal. And then afterwards, when you're done with all that, I feel like it's like you said, it's a lot easier to deal with all the crap that you're dealing with, you know, because you've already put yourself under all that stress. And right. I do that with basketball. So normally if I'm not hurt, I'm usually playing three to five times a week, you know, and when you're playing fives, five on five, there's no time for me to think about going grocery shopping later and do and doing right. meal preps or like paying bills and shit, you know, like in that moment, it is visceral. I like that word that you use. It's, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting that you mentioned comfort a lot in a couple of times. Cause I have talked about that a couple of times on the podcast. I th- I think that where we are in what is it? 2023. I think we have a problem. Mm-hmm. I think we have a problem with comfort, you know?
1: Yeah. It's a drug man. Like, you know, and it could be, it could affect every area of your life, right? If you allow yourself to become too comfortable in any situation, whether it be a relationship or a job or, you know, it's like one thing to hate your life and, and want to leave your job. It's another thing for it to be so comfortable and so cush that it's just like, you don't want to do anything else. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to go out of bounds. You don't want to work late. You don't want to like everything's taken care of. Right. So it's like, You know, is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. Of course not. It's good to be comfortable and, you know, have nice chairs and good furniture and stuff. But it's like, you know, it's like that. uh, Have you ever saw that Disney movie, WALL-E? Yeah. Where it's like takes place in the future. And they got the dudes like floating around on like basically recliners and they like fall out. And they like can't get up. Like (laughs) that's that's where we're headed, man, is because it's just like, oh, we got chairs that lean back, that hold your hands up and massage your fingers and like. And it's good, it's good stuff, but it's like if you get caught up doing that for too long and you don't get off that couch and you don't you know do some push ups or move around or something like or something it's all gonna catch up to you something yeah, move, move in any way, and it literally can't go wrong
0: and I have been there, even in my sobriety, I thought that I was gonna have everything fixed and answered, and you know I've been sober for four years now, and I hit ruts, you know I hit. Stuff where I'm, I'm not staying up on my working out or like my going out and stuff because, you know, there's always this comfort to fall back on. Right. And right I notice internally and, you know, we're not going to like generalize everybody out here because like we were saying earlier, we have some friends who do really good in the corporate jobs. Everything's laid out. You know, some people just want things taken care of. And I think that's great. You know, yeah, some people want to be comfortable all the time and don't want to be uncomfortable. I get that. But as humans, as conscious animals, I do believe that there is something inside of us that wants to be pushed to that limit, you know. And I see red flags in my life now because I've trained myself. If I'm too comfortable for like even a couple of weeks, I'm like, I got to fucking do something. I got to go I gotta run. I got to go hoop. I, I got to do something, you know, because right. I've been sitting on this couch yep. feeling, feeling a certain way for too long, you know.
1: Right. And it can be that in itself could be debilitating. Right. It's just like, and I see it all the time because, and I, because it was me, right? Like, you know, I always tell people who train jujitsu, like when they first start out, like have a plan, right? Like two days a week in cement, come hell or high water. These are the two days I'm going to be in training because what happens is they see the schedule and they say, okay, I have class seven days a week. I'll just go whenever I can. Right you know, you start off good, maybe you do three days, then you feel a little sore. So you take a day off and then you come for another day. And then you're like, Oh, I got the kids, they got this and we had soccer practice. So I skipped that day. And then I was supposed to go this day. And then one, one skipping one day turns into skipping a week and skipping three weeks and skipping a month. And now you have to face, you know, face the music and go to class and all these dudes have been working out for the past month and you haven't been. So it's like now you gotta walk through the door and, and get what's coming to you. So it's it's the same way, right? Like as long if you just like, ah, you know, we'll just uh da 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 da. da. One week turns into two weeks, three weeks, a month you haven't gone to the gym. Now you're just making donations, you know? So it's like <laughs> it's how it's how quickly it happens, man. You're just making donates donations to LA Fitness, appreciate it. Thank you for your donation. I'll see you next. Shit, I've
0: done that before? Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) I I, I think most. I I, I think most people in this country have been there. Honestly,
1: yeah, and it's like I said, and that's what, again, why I'm such a huge advocate for jujitsu, especially when it comes to health and fitness, is because when you come in and you take your class, like we run your warm ups, we tell you what we're doing first, then we tell you what we're doing second, then we do our drill, then we do our rolls, and then you're done. An hour an hour and 15 minutes and you're in and out. And whereas like, you know, if you're responsible for your own fitness or whatever and you know, you've done it a million times, oh, I'll go to Export, I'm going to do legs today. And you do a couple bicep curls, take a couple selfies, you know, check out <laughs> some chicks, and you've been there for 3 hours and you you've done half your workout. Right. You know, and it's just like, well, I haven't gotten any results. Well, you know, look at look at what you, how you're spending your time, you know. So it's like with something like jiu-jitsu, you come in, you get your ass kicked for an, for for an hour, and then you leave and f you. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know like, we, we talked how it goes.
0: We talked a lot about like the individual and how how this has affected you and how this affects people who do go and use it. But one thing that just kind of came to mind was, you mentioned people go to the gyms, they do the regular workouts, and I'm one of those people. I do my solo stuff. But then, when I hoop, I'm obviously playing with a bunch of people. There's a community aspect to this jujitsu thing. Not even just the professor and the student, but everybody there is there to learn right. and to grow. How how right. has that affected you?
1: Um, well, I mean, yeah, I always I always uh, say you know jujitsu it's a it's a personal journey that's practiced in a group setting. And, uh, you can't practice it without at least one other person, you know? So you have to, at the very least, say hello to somebody, to the guy in front of you. Like, you at least gotta shake his hand before you try to rip his head off. Like, that, like, that forces you into, into communication. It forces you into interaction. And that's where you get such a very, where a lot of people call jujitsu a cult because people become so obsessed with it is because it's like, I go there, I see all the homies, you know, I see the dudes who started around the same time that I did. I see all the dudes that have been helping me out that have, you know, been there for years before. I see the dudes who work in the same field that I work in, or, you know, they have the same amount of kids that I have. So it's like, I'm automatically placed into a place where it's like, I know all these dudes. And like you said, like, it's not, it's, and it's not everywhere. It's not every single sport. It's not even every single martial art where Everybody in one room is headed towards one thing. Everyone has their own reasons for being there. Yes, everybody has their own, right? But we're all looking to do this one thing and that's mastery. So when you have that environment, it's very encouraging. It's very uplifting and it's very like collaborative. And of course, dude, I love, you know, I can't lift with other people. I can only lift by myself. Like, I because I have to like, do my numbers, do my sets, like do my rest time. Like, I don't want to talk. Like I have headphones in, like, leave me alone. Right. (laughs) But you can't, you can't do that in a jujitsu gym. Like you can't wear headphones and just muddle through your workout without talking to anybody. Like it's, it just doesn't work that way, you know? And so yeah, community is, is the word, right? Is, is where it becomes, it's like, you know, we obviously have our own language and our own way that we talk about things and our own memes and our own you know different jokes and stuff like so you become like you know part of the subculture right so, so that's kind of what draws people into especially you know people who don't have that anywhere like they don't maybe they don't have a family or maybe they don't have friends or maybe they don't have you know constructive people in their lives so they go to a gym where you know everyone's working out everyone's training everyone's trying to get better and you just You get mixed in with those guys and then, you know, you guys get promoted together, man. We started when we were white belts, now we're blue belts, now we're brown belts, now we're black belts and we've known each other for damn near 15 years now, right? So, whoa. And so that's kind of, again, it's a, it's a hidden thing that a lot of people don't think about on the front end, but you kind of find it out later on as you continue on through the art, right? Where it's like, it becomes tighter and tighter knit And the community itself, you know, even across the world really isn't that big, you know, like, so everybody knows everybody somewhere along the line.
0: Yeah, it becomes more than just an individual journey at that point because you're doing it with people. And I think, you know, with the rise of technology and everything that we have been dealing with and and especially what happened with COVID, it kind of gave everybody the wrong impression that we're, we're alone you know, or we're yeah, more alone than absolutely. we make ourselves believe. And right n- now we're trying to get our fo- footing with coming back into community options like this, you know, or, you know, it's not always just a text message or a, a message on, on online. Sometimes you just need to go out and be around people, you know, even, even yeah. like you said, even if you're going to reach some sort of goal, especially like a physical goal like that, you know, um, I never understood when people came to play fives on the basketball court with, with their AirPods in like literally like five on five, I'm like, I'd like, yeah. and I'd ha- have one kid on my team and I look at him and I'm like, how, how, how do you do this? What
1: could you be listening to <laughs> right now? Like, what is it like, what gets you in the mode to play such a, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talking and a lot of things that go on. I, right. I don't get that. Out. <laughs> I've never, never understood that
0: we usually lose those games too. And I don't I don't say anything <laughs> after I'm not that guy. I'm yeah. not going to say something, you know, but I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> There's some correlation here. There's right. Right, right. Correlation may not be the same thing, but no. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's why jujitsu has become so popular now in a lot of different spaces, you know, in the first responder space and, uh, the mental health space, you know, military, you know, um, really every just everyday people and addicts especially, you know, because it's like when you become sober, when you remove yourself from certain environments, that need or that um, desire to be a part of something doesn't go away. And that's when people relapse is because they don't have things to put in those places where there was once things that sat. And so, you know, when you give your, I I tell people I've had a lot of addictions in my life, but jujitsu is by far the most constructive, (laughs) but that's just because of what it offers. It's just because of the all encompassing aspect of it. It's not because there's magic or there's something that somebody knows that now, but nobody else knows, but it's, it's the whole package. And if you allow yourself to kind of be involved, then it kind of pulls you in and gets you, you know, kind of. Um, acclimates you the way that you should be, right? And so it it takes a lot of place. And whereas when people would use or go party on a Friday night, they go sweat it out on a mat for two hours. And then, you know, you're so exhausted, you can't even go out. (laughs) You know, just go (laughs) home and go to sleep. And you create that, you know, pattern time over time. And, and, you know, before you know it, you're, you know, X amount of years sober or, You know, you don't have those, those desires anymore because you're, you're just not in those, in that headspace anymore, you know?
0: Right. You're more, you're more in tune to the healthy side of your body, your mind and your soul. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And again, it starts to like, it's like jujitsu starts to like suck everything up, like in your (laughs) life. like, that's what it becomes the center because it's like, okay, well I can't eat Honey buns and monster energy drinks for breakfast anymore. You know, I gotta like maybe eat some oatmeal or maybe eat some whatever, some eggs or something because I gotta go train and I'm not trying to throw up on the mat right now. Right. (laughs) So then, yeah. And then, so then what happens? You go and you get exhausted and you want to eat something good after you don't want to go to McDonald's and ruin the workout that you just had. And you've exerted so much energy that you just go home and you kind of go to sleep or. You know, you see all the stuff that makes its way in, you know, the recovery stuff and the ice exposure, the cold exposure, like all of that stuff kind of like seeps its way into jiu And then you start to learn, okay, well, I'm going to start doing yoga or start weightlifting or start running because I want my jiu-jitsu to improve. And so then you just start picking up more things along the way, but it's all centered around like, I just want to get good at jiu right. which is like, again... You know, it it's call it what it is, whatever it is, good or bad, but you know, it it's constructive. And it brings about other constructive things, you know. Why do you think that people struggle
0: with finding something like that in life though? Like you found it. I have I have basketball, I'd like to say. My brother has running. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know I know like my one buddy. Used to be, well, you know, I'm Chris. Uh, Megan Beer used to be really into uh, martial arts. Uh, He was taking martial arts for like uh, two years. Um, But not a lot of people have something like this. Why do you think it's difficult for people to go and try new things as we get older to find that thing? You know?
1: Um. I think that the older we get, the more set in our ways we become. Right, and just like we had talked about earlier, is like seeking comfort and seeking softness and and um, <laughs> comfortability is is nice, right? Soft blankets and warm sheets, like those are those are great, right? But it's like, but going out and humbling yourself and you know breaking your body down and and sweating and grunting and you know failing. It's just not very appealing, right? It's not appealing to me. I still hate it, like, you know, like my, but that's my whole life is like, and I now have to deal with people who hate it too. Like, you know, try to encourage people to continue in their journey and to continue training and to, but at the end of the day, dude, it's fucking hard. Like, and it's only the hard stuff that's really worth it. In my opinion, like, you know, people like video games and I don't want to knock anybody else's whatever. Right. But it's like, there's just certain things that just, they're just not going to break you down and force you to grow again. And some, plenty of people are okay with that. Like they don't care to have that stuff in their life. And so, you know, it's hard, dude. It's really hard to, to start jujitsu in your thirties or your forties because it's, you know, you also have other insecurities. Like, you know, I'm a grown ass man and I'm going to go get (laughs) physically dominated by another grown ass man. Like, You know they have families and careers and like like, you know like it's it's a pride thing though. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, and you know it's but it's hard, dude. It's hard to put on that white belt, man. It's hard to go into a room full of killers and be brand new and and to not know everything. And you know we we come further and further away from that. The older that we get, I think, you know, like we want orthopedic shoes and we want, you know, like (laughs) the stuff that's going to like, you know, that we didn't, we didn't prepare for when we were younger. So it's like, well, now, now you got to pay the piper, you know, now you gotta, you gotta do the little bit of extra stuff. And, you know, it's, it's hard, man. It's a lot of people just don't care to do it.
0: It is, it is very humbling to do new experiences and not even just like physical ones, just to like go out and like meet new people and do new things. Cause you know, college made it very easy for you to just like go do things, meet people and all that crap. Oh yeah. And we get in our late twenties and early thirties and then it's like, if you don't go to the bars, you're not meeting new people. If you're not a part of something like jujitsu or a gym, like playing basketball, you're not meeting new people and you're not getting in shape. And they just like shove our phones in our face and they go, look at this screen, you know, look at this screen, yeah. look at this bright screen. It's so right pretty. Here. Yeah, it's so pretty, you know, pretty and funny screen. <laughs> and for, for people like us, and I know a lot of people in my life are the same way there, there's a red flashing light that usually comes with too much comfort. You know, and right. I know that as I get older, it doesn't mean I can't break those limits. It just makes it a little bit more difficult, you know?
1: Yeah. It requires a little more. More effort. A little more planning, a little more, more yeah, uh, a little more elbow grease. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, it's it's yeah I mean it for me it's like one of those things where it's like when I haven't trained or I haven't worked out like I start going like Cuckoo. crazy dude. Yeah, start, yeah like <laughs> getting really like really anxious and like really snappy and it's just like man I gotta go do something I gotta like let this out like um and again yeah like you said man not everybody has that and it's unfortunate because it, it what what ends up happening is it ends up like I said it's a it's fighting is is inherent in your body and it's like you need that something and if you don't then it just like oozes out of your eyeballs, <laughs> like, falls out of your ears and like that's when you got like dudes who like catcall or like who are like overly aggressive with women or women who like are very uh catty and like they gossip and they like want to like you know like it it manifests itself yeah. in negative forms that it just like, like literally like oozes out of your pores like like you just drink a bunch of vodka the night before you know and you can like smell it like ruminating <laughs> off of you like it's the same thing. It is. You don't get rid of that like that like it's just, energy. It's just that it's, yeah. It just like just <laughs> like oozes out and you can't and at that point you can't stop it and you don't you may not know what's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna come out of your mouth and so it's like. For me, I just gotta have that constant like releasing, that dump and release because it's not. If not, I'm I'll put hands on somebody out here. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's getting control of your energy, you know, right? Because we all have right. we all have that primal energy, like we've said
1: before. We're we're still animals, you know. Um, it exists. It does like, exist. You can't you can't say it doesn't. Like no matter how sophisticated we get as a society or as people. You can't deny that those things exist. Right. And
0: before I had taken health more seriously, I used to, you know, smoke a lot of weed or I used to drink or I used to eat very unhealthy food because these were things that would take that, that energy I had and it would just like shove it really deep down. Suppress yeah, it. suppress it, you know, yeah. and then, you know, sure. you know, eight years goes by and finally the, you know, the lid blows off the top and I'm like, I have to, I have to do something and. You gotta make a change. Yeah. yeah. And it started with taking my health seriously, you know, physical, mental, and emotional, yeah. finding something like that. And it looks like you have taken this journey to also help other people find that as well. And that is that is a beautiful thing, man, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's, uh like I said, I don't know if I'll do it for the rest of my life. I think I'll always teach jujitsu or some form of martial arts just as a as a general practice um but yeah man i like i said i've never wanted to do anything else more than this right now and it's because of i believe that the world just needs it man i believe that the world needs to know how to fight and if if everyone in the world knew jujitsu the world would be a better place you know that's like i firmly wholeheartedly believe that and um that's just why I do what I do, man, because I believe that kids need this, you know, wives need this, women need this to defend themselves, men need this so they can learn what it's like, you know, to, to grow in a skill and, and be humble. And, you know, I believe uh, that whatever quote, cool, I don't know who, who says it, it's really overused now that like, was it hard times create, um, <laughs> strong men and strong men create good times and good times create, create weak, weak men. men and yeah. it's just a cycle. Yep. I believe that. I don't know who said it, it's really overused now, but I believe that we're in hard times. And through these hard times, great men, great strong men will be created. Right. And, you know, things are very dark right now in the world and they may get darker, but that's what creates and spurs on men like myself, men like the men in my family to help other people on this path and say, okay, you know, you don't have to succumb to the darkness, right? It doesn't, this is not the way that it has to be. And those small movements, those small efforts, right. Is what starts to move the needle in the other direction. Right. right? It starts to create strong men that are going to continue our society and hopefully not, you know, blow it up or (laughs) or lose it in a fight, you know, (laughs) like, you know, that's all that we can hope for. So yeah, man. I think we're in a, a bad time right now, but I think that it's created a, a lot of opportunity for some strong men to to arise.
0: I I totally believe that. I think this is a this is an important time of reflection for everybody, in and in, not in not even just saying men, but women in general, people in general. You know, like people in general, man. You know, we got, I can
1: only speak really for men because I'm not a woman. I can't speak. Right. You know what it is you, to be
0: a woman. So, do you teach women though but, in class though? Right.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. There's in I would say in the last jujitsu for women, really grappling for women in general, has grown more in the last ten years than it has since its inception, and Damn. more in the last five years than it has in the last ten. Sheesh. Like it's growing like. tremendously and i i love it dude i absolutely love that that's a thing right because again i think that women need jujitsu more than men just because of the again the way the world that we live in and you know women need to be equipped with the the ability to 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 make things happen right to create and, and protect themselves in certain situations and so the fact that they're now getting you know kind of carving out their own little section of the market like It's, it's incredible. It's great to see, you know, little girls, three years old, four years old, learning how to defend themselves and, you know, handle themselves in a physical situation. Because again, like I've, I've seen what it does for little boys, right. Being a little boy growing up in that environment. And it's like, everybody needs this. It's not just boys who need this, you know, and it's not, but you know, there's a lot of things that they're battling. I mean, women battle a lot, right. Like even societal pressures of like, You know, women aren't allowed to get dirty or be sweaty or to to be rough, you know, or be strong or be strong. Yeah, for sure. You know, they got to be this this little dainty, you know, spring flower. And it's um, it's not the case, you know, and the empowerment that comes with, you know, moving your body and getting a strong body and, and learning how to, you know, dismantle another human being like the empowerment that comes through that is unmatched in, in a lot of other spaces. And again, I I'm super grateful that I'm super glad women are starting to kind of make their way in and, and starting to carve out their own little piece of it because it's like, man, they need those spaces just as much as men do.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that also helps the men in there too. I think they both help each other by being in there together, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. it's not always so, cause they try and, I say they, I'm like, you know, the world tries to split us up all the time instead of us just realizing that we're all in it together, you know, and you, you've used the word humility and humbling experience, like getting thrown around, tossed around and all that stuff. And I think everybody going through a very humbling experience is good and is important to grow into the oh, people yeah. that we're supposed to be. So oh, yeah. I think that's even better that we're all doing it together.
1: Yeah. thousand percent, man. And it's like, And, you know, yeah, bringing the world together and and being able to to interact with people of all sizes and shapes is good for you. Um, But I believe also just like the camaraderie that comes with, you know, it's different when it's a bunch of dudes hanging out and then there's girls involved. Like when it's just dudes like everybody can relax and everyone can say what they want to say and they don't want to they don't have to feel like they got to put on a show and the same goes with you know when you're in an environment of just fighters or just men or just women fighters like you know you don't got to worry about what your hair looks like you don't got to worry about what your shirt looks like like to just go in and train and just freaking do your thing without having anyone bother you or look at you weird or whatever like it's priceless, dude. And people need that again. Everywhere. They they need it. They require it. Like they can't go without it. And plenty of people do, man. They they go deprived of, of this these spaces and these um these places where they can express themselves freely. And you know, jujitsu provides that, man.
0: Absolutely. Now are there Is there any tips for anybody out there who might be interested in trying out jujitsu or a martial arts in general, or any tips for people who just need to be uncomfortable how to start? I should say. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, first things first is shop around, man, because it's not, it's not a one size fits all approach. Um, different gyms have different vibes, you know, different, different goals. You know, there are gyms where they, they um, focus heavily on competition, or they focus heavily on fitness, or they focus on one kind of facet of it. So, you know, if you're interested in in really, you know, getting involved, I would shop around and say, okay, I'm going to go try a a class at each one of these gyms, you know, and I'm going to talk to the ownership and the management and the instructors and, you know, and the people there and, you know, You know, do I see people that look like me? Do I see people who are friendly? Do I see people who care that I'm there or they just, you know, they roll their eyes because I'm a new guy, you know, like shop around and see where you can find yourself fitting in because you're going to have to spend a lot of time there, right? If you want to be really good and you want to really sink your teeth into this thing, you better be willing to spend Friday nights there, Saturday mornings, Monday mornings, Thursday afternoons, like you got to be willing to, to be there and, and and spend time there. So if you don't like it or, you know, you feel everyone's kind of different than you or they're all younger and you're kind of older and it's like, you know, not really fitting for you, then, you know, go find somewhere else and, and go somewhere that works, you know, because you're the one who's got to do it. You're the one who's got to right. spend the time and your money and you got to go you know and then, <laughs> yeah. then do the activity itself, which is not always the most fun thing to do. I mean, it's a lot of fun, of course, but, you know, coming up, learning how to do it, like, it's not always the most fun, but, yeah, so that's the thing, is, like, just shop around, like, it's not everything is a one-size-fits-all approach, you know, the first right. place you go to may not be the place for you, um, or it will be, or you'll go, and you'll try it, and, you know, everyone will be really cool, and, you know, you meet some friends first day, and the instructor's funny, or, you know, he's he's got some cool skills, you know, so it's, like, you know, and you're there and then just show up, man. Just walk through the door for the, the second half. The people who need some uncomfortability, like, you know, they want to make a change. They want to get fit. They want to be more confident. They want to stop eating junk so much. Like, then you got to put yourself in a in an, an environment that's set up for you to win. Export, you know, LA Fitness, weightlifting, getting a personal trainer, Those things are great. Those things are steps, but they're not always going to be able to, to be that there for you. So it's like, you have to have someone else there to pick you up to like, kind of like spur you along. And like, and for me, for, for someone like yourself, it'd be your instructor. It'd be me. You know, we, we have conversations or we talk or we, you know, chop it up or, or just, you know, I can help you along the way. Okay. Help you with different positions or things like that. Like, and then you start to grow and like, oh, okay, like, and you just, you know, go off for the races. Like, it's a, some people, some people don't need the, uh, they just need the, the permission. They go and they do it and then boom, they're hooked and they just want to grow and they want to learn and they want to, you know, they want to get better. And, you know, some other people, they got to shop around, they got to get comfortable a little bit, you know. And, but, you know, just got to show up that's it.
0: I think showing up and like you said, shopping around, I think trying to find a martial arts that's, or not even just a martial arts, but just something that's good for everybody, you know, but I think you have to be uncomfortable and try a bunch of things first. You got to walk into some places that you haven't walked into, see some people that you haven't fucking seen ever in your life. Right. You got to be uncomfortable. And if you didn't, if you didn't like it, you walk out of there and you don't even have to see anybody ever again, you know, you probably never see ever again. Exactly. You got to just keep rocking new, new experiences, get a good sweat on and, you know, try and make the changes in your life that everybody knows they, they can innately make deep down, you know?
1: And it's, it's hard, man. It's easier said than done, but.
0: It is honestly, I mean, it took, you know, we, we said that 2019 was the year for both of us. It's like, you don't have everything figured out. Ever really, and I know people that have changed their lives in their mid to late thirties and even forties. You know, but
1: absolutely,
0: if you know that you, if you know that you can, you got to take that first step and be really uncomfortable. But I promise, after you take a couple really uncomfortable steps, they'll get more comfortable after that for sure. That's
1: right. It's definitely the hardest part,
0: for sure. That first couple steps, I'd say the first one, right? Um, yeah, really. I think we hit. A lot of good points. I think this was a damn good conversation. Honestly, what do you absolutely,
1: think? Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on for a chat.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be dropping links to everything. Um, kind of keep you posted. Drop links to you. Uh, collaborate on all this good stuff. Uh, probably going to go up in a couple of days. I'll let you know on when, when that happens and everything. Um, yeah, man. I appreciate you come. Appreciate you coming out though, and honestly i'll be looking forward to having you on again so we can talk more wellness I think this was a great fucking conversation would love absolutely. to do it again yeah anytime. um thanks absolutely uh thanks for everybody coming out um sticking around for the episode y'all have a good rest of your day night or week and peace out see it Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Feel Free. If you haven't already, please give us a rating or a review as it does help new listeners find our show so more people can get in on some feel-free goodness. Again, we appreciate all the love and support from you all. Hope you have a good rest of your day.